You're listening to Tatiana Is Everyone, an Orphan Black podcast. I'm your host, Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And this is not a spoiler-free episode. We will be talking about the series in its entirety, which as of this recording is up through the end of season two. So if you have not seen all of those episodes, there could be some spoilers ahead for you. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about Cal, Kira, and Sarah, the, the little family unit there. Yeah, mostly we're going to talk about Cal and Kira, but it's hard to talk about them without talking about Sarah some. But yes, we'll be talking about their little family unit, which I thought was actually quite sweet at times in season two. It really was. They they had some nice sort of lighter moments. Not all of them were light moments, of course, but for the season as a whole, I think they had some of the sweeter moments, let's say. Mostly Cal and Kira, but Cal or Kira, were involved in Sarah's light moments in the season. Like when she is reunited with Kira in the trailer, it's just a shot through the window, and Kira wakes up and realizes that Sarah's in bed with her, and she's like, Mommy! And gives her a hug. One of my favorite moments for the season. Yeah. So sweet. And such a relief after the earlier tension there. Mm Mm-hmm. And I also thought it was kind of It was very day-to-day, but it was nice to see where Sarah and Cal are getting, I think it's hot dogs or maybe it's a hamburger, hamburgers and and fries and stuff for them to eat from a little stand. And they're like at a place where they're getting condiments and they're talking about the situation. And even though they're talking about like bigger things going on, they just really seem like a family in that moment. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I really enjoyed all of the Cal, Kira, Sarah stuff in season two. Yep. The good hair family. (laughs) They do all have good hair, don't they? I think we should just call them that. The good hair family. Yeah. The Morrison Mannings? That seems odd to me, so... more. Oh, that's right. That is his last name. Mm -hmm. Cal Morrison. Morrison Mannings. That's not terrible. It's not terrible, terrible. but I I still prefer the good hair family. Yeah, yeah. That's easier to say, if nothing else. But I guess let's start by talking about Cal. I was not expecting to meet Sarah's father so quickly. I kind of thought they might hold on to him for at least another season before introducing him into the mix. I'm kind of relieved that we ended up with what we did with Cal, if that makes sense. Because the the fact that they hadn't really let us know anything about Kira's dad, you know, because I watch a lot of this kind of show, that makes me nervous. Right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, at least it wasn't Vic, right? At least there was that <laughs> from season one. But yeah. You know, the the whole, as as we talked about many times throughout the season, the second season, you know, it, it was this ongoing, like, should we trust Cal? I don't know if we can trust Cal. But at least so far, he seems like a pretty decent guy. Um, there's some stuff that we don't know about still, as is always the case. But at least he seems like he's actually you know, being a good dad and being somebody reliable for our characters. So at least there's that. Yeah, I feel like he has a very interesting background, which they've yet to really explore. He's very smart. He made his money designing drone pollinators so that, you know, we have a decline in honeybees and people are worried about our food being pollinated. So he does design these little drones to go and pollinate plants. But then his partners sold the technology to the military. And I think that's just a fascinating background to give him in the context of Orphan Black's plot. 
It is because, well, I, I wonder if it's a commentary on science and technology breakthroughs being sort of taken for military purposes, or maybe it's somehow foreshadowing what we end up finding out about the clone project. Of course, we also know that the clone project was originated by the military, which is often the case too, right? A lot of technological breakthroughs actually come from, you know, government funded things for military purposes or, you know, space exploration or whatever is how we get a lot of common breakthroughs. But yeah, it is really interesting in the context of the series and, you know, what else is going on in the series and, and the main theme of the series. Because <laughs> we have cloning, obviously, is the central idea of the show. And, you know, the the prospect of being able to clone things has a lot of potential benefits for the population, being able to clone organs or, and, and, and things like that for people who are born with organs that don't work properly or who, you know, are, just sustain grave in- injuries or things like that. You know, it, it, the idea of cloning can offer a lot of help, help and benefits to people. But here we see with the clone experiment, it's been turned to sort of this nefarious controlling type of, type of technology. We also see it in the Project Caster suggesting that maybe these are just people that they are sending to die in battle, you know, so they have an ever-ending supply of soldiers, perhaps. So, you know, similarly to how Cal's drones got co-opted by the military for more dangerous, nefarious purposes, I think we see that with the Clone Project, for sure. Right. And if you've ever seen, like, for instance, the movie The Island, there there are potentially shady things shady purposes for cloned human beings. So do we think that Cal's background will be explored more? Do we think that perhaps the work that he was doing might somehow connect to the end up connecting to the clone project in some way? Or do we think it's just sort of there to add some interest to to him as a character? You know, I'm not really sure. I, I know a lot of people want to connect him and his work to the clone project stuff. And it's possible, but I don't know that they're necessarily connected. I think, at least in my mind, the way it is, and it could very well intersect somehow, but it seems like that setup is more going to be about Cal Mm -hmm. rather than connecting Cal and his work to the clones. I'm inclined to to agree. I think it sets him up as a very interesting ally for Sarah and 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 Clone Club, but I don't know if it's necessarily going to connect to the Clone Project, right? Because I mean, we did see that he's got these fake IDs and and extra money and all this sort of stuff, and you know, then the question, and of course the the RV that's not in his name, so. You know, it it brings up the question, well, why does he have this? And there's also the fact that he sort of lives in isolation, or at least it seems that way, right? I mean, he's off in the woods by himself, and he's got chickens and uh, a cabin and all this sort of thing. (laughs) And an acoustic guitar. (laughs) And an acoustic guitar. So yeah, it's one of those things. I guess I, I wonder if they're setting up for something. I think they... Didn't they have some file on him saying that he was involved in some anti-corporation thing or or something? Yes. I believe that Paul mentions that when he's talking to Rachel about Cal, 
was that he has some anti-corporation, maybe even anti-government sentiments, which is why I think he probably has the fake ID, the, you know, the RV in his own, not in his name, the extra money, as we see him hacking too. So I think this is not the first time he's maybe engaged in illegal activities. And that's perhaps why he has these things at the ready that if he thinks he's people are getting close to finding him out or something like that, he could, you know, try to disappear. Which, of course, does also set him up as a perfect ally for Clone Club. Mm-hmm. Since the whole thing seems to be that Dyad has ears everywhere. So what better place to be than with a guy who knows how to live off the grid, so to speak? Of course, I think this is kind of interesting, too, because this sort of this sets him up in an interesting way to be kind of similar to Mrs. S. Mm, yeah. Or at least in my mind, there's a similarity there, which is why I kind of enjoyed that scene with the two of them in the last episode. When he's on the computer and misspells her name? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I, I did think they made they made an interesting pair. <laughs> I know how to use the internet. <laughs> no offense, but no, you don't. <laughs> they sound like us. <laughs> Stephanie teases me because I do not know, you know, code things. To the extent that I call them code things. <laughs> I internet slightly better than you do. It's true. But you Tumblr better than I do. I was going to say, I do. You're you're the one contacting me when you need something Tumblr searched. Yes, because I'm no good at it. But in regards to Cal and the cloning experiment, I don't feel too confident that his background with the drones, that the drone pollinators that he made will somehow connect to the clone experiment. But I am curious what the interest Dyad might have in him as Kira's father, and if he might somehow end up, you know, mixed up in Dyad's tangled web because of it. Right. Because we know that Dyad will happily exploit any connections that the clones have to other people. Or is that what you mean? That too, but also just if they're interested in his DNA makeup, and if they're interested in him on that level, because of the fact that he fathered a daughter of clones that were supposed to be infertile. And, you know, Kira seems to be kind of unique and special, you know, if maybe they might have interest in him beyond exploiting him, but also just in his DNA and his, his genetic makeup. Possible. Although it seems like any specialness in Kira's DNA, so to speak, would be from Sarah. I would think so, too. But who knows? Though Sarah does imply that she gets her intuition from him. No, I know she does say that. I feel like she's more teasing him than anything, though. But it seems to be true, right? <laughs> yeah. No, he's he's like he figured out the whole clone thing just from vague things that Kira told him. That that also was a surprise to me that we didn't have a big Cal being told that Sarah's a clone. Dun 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 type of scene. He's like, oh yeah, I figured that out. <laughs> I appreciate that about Cal. <laughs> Is Cal kind of the Oz of this show? <laughs> kind of. Kind of, but he talks more. Yes, he's like a chatty Oz. <laughs> Making Buffy references, you guys. So beyond pr- providing some technology support to Sarah, we see him really form a, a very sweet relationship with, with Kira. And I think that was really significant in, in Sarah's storyline because we see how that relationship that Kira and Cal form creates this tension, like you mentioned, between Kira and Sarah. 
Right. Which, of course, seems sort of unconscionable at the beginning of the season, right? Because Kira seemed to, you know, pretty happily accept Sarah back into her life. Right. So it's heartbreaking when there's a rift between them in the middle of the season. But at the same time, I can understand where Kira is coming from because, you know, she gets her mother back. She thinks, okay, you know, she's back for good this time because Sarah is very involved in wanting Kira back and, and getting very involved in Kira's life again toward the end of season one and even begin of, beginning of season two. And then, you know, she just leaves her with Cal for a while. Again, she leaves her again, even though Sarah's trying to protect her. It just seems like, oh, my mother deserted me again. Right. Whereas this guy, my dad, who I just met, you know, a week ago, he sticks around and takes care of me. Yep. No, I mean, it's completely reasonable on Kira's, from Kira's perspective. And even really not from Kira's perspective. I I understand where she's coming from. But I understand where Sarah's coming from, too, you know? Yeah. It's a difficult situation, is what I'm getting at. Mm -hmm. But it it does. It it feels like a stab in the heart when she makes that comment when they're on video chat about, oh, I'm not a monkey anymore. It's like, oh. I think we were all feeling pretty terrible for Sarah in that moment. Yeah, because you can. You totally understand where Sarah's coming from, trying to protect Kira, keep her out of all of this crazy stuff that's going on with the clone experiment. Because it's not just like keeping her out of the reach, like. Sarah was subjected to a lot of violence at the beginning of of season two. So she had legitimate concerns for her daughter's well-being. It's just it's also that that scene, I think, is tough to watch because she Kira then calls Cal daddy. Cal tries to tell her, oh, I, you know, I told her not to call me daddy. And I like I really appreciate Sarah taking the be like she can call you whatever she wants. Like, I thought that was a nice moment for Sarah, even though it was like probably really difficult for her to hear Mm-hmm. Both of those things from Kira, but she still was very mature about it. Yes. Yeah. The fact that we start off the season and as you mentioned, Sarah is subjected to a lot of violence and we know that they're all looking for Kira too. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's well established that these violent, terrifying people are looking for Kira and, you know, have told her that they have Kira and all this sort of things. It's, it's very understandable why Sarah wants her as far out of danger as possible. But at the same time, I was really concerned about how Kira was going to do since Sarah had left her with this man that she didn't really know. Mm-hmm. They'd spent all yeah. of a day or something together before Sarah just left her with him. I mean, fortunately, Cal seemed to do really well with it, especially for having no experience. So good job, Cal. <laughs> Yeah, he even though he was hesitant at first, he I think he turned out to be actually a very nurturing parent to to Kira. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that scene where he offers her his socks. <laughs> They're gray. <laughs> so, <laughs> I was gonna say it and it also I think we get the sense that they're kind of taking care of each other as well. Like when the, the policeman shows up at the R V and right. they're in the middle of nowhere. And Kira's cute essentially, and kind of distracts the police officer. It's like, okay, y'all are fine. (laughs) (laughs) But there's another thing. Why does Cal have that gas mask? (laughs) Yeah, I get the sense that maybe he's a bit of a... Doomsday prepper? Yeah. (laughs) Which could also be the reason why he has fake ADs and, and such. But if he planned to be... In some hardcore political protest, it's not beyond the realm of, realm of possibility that he expected some 
smoke bombs or other things to get thrown at him. Right. And then I'm wondering where he had that, that Kira managed to find it so quickly. Or maybe Kira had been rummaging through his stuff, so I don't know. <laughs> Kira strikes me as a bit of a snooper. <laughs> Possibly. She probably found it in that, like, 30 seconds that she'd gone inside the RV while Sarah had to talk to Cal. She got a layout of the entire RV. She knew where everything was. She was good. Absolutely. Just in case. You never know when you're going to need to rescue your dad from police questioning. (laughs) (laughs) I get the sense that Cal maybe isn't fully aware of how intuitive Kira is. Maybe he does by the end of the season, but in that moment where Kira says, like, someone's coming, doesn't even look up. And then, you know, Cal's looking out the window and he sees the cop coming up. He's like, oh, you're right. Like, I don't think he realizes that Kira isn't looking. Like, she just kind of seems to know rather than having seen, like, a shadow across the the window or something like that. Yeah, I don't know. Of course, it's one of those things, why would you think that necessarily, at least at first, right? No, of course. I'm not saying that he should. It's just... I, I feel like there's still stuff he has to learn about Kira that he hasn't hasn't quite learned yet. Mm-hmm. But he does make a comment about her thinking quick on her feet, right? After she pulls the, the gas mask. Yep. Because I feel like that's something we really see in the exchange with, between Sarah and Kira when she tells her about Cal is I feel like Sarah really gets how smart and mature and intuitive that Kira is in the way that she speaks with her. Yes. She talks to her um, more like... Not quite a peer, but she 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 treats Kira with a lot of eh, respect isn't the right word, but you, you know what I mean. Like she she recognizes how smart Kira is. She doesn't talk down to her, right? Yeah, uh, Sarah's very yeah. I can't think of a good word either. <laughs> but like in the in the second episode with, at the bird watcher's house, where you know Sarah makes an excuse for them to go upstairs, and Kira asks, you know, do I need to put my pajamas on? And Sarah's like, that depends. What do you have to tell me? Sarah's very attuned to Kira and knows that, like, she picks up things that even Sarah doesn't. Right. I always thought, too, that in the scene before that, or when they decide to go upstairs, I I thought that Sarah was picking up on hesitation from Kira, which is why they went up there in the first place. Yeah. I always like that about their relationship, that they sort of acknowledge that in each other. I thought the scene between the two of them where... Sarah was kind of fessing up to Kira about Cal being her father was a great scene. Oh, that was so wonderful. And again, it's one of those Sarah's not remotely talking down to her. She's being really, really honest with her. I'm kind of surprised still that, you know, Kira is supposed to be seven or eight or something at this point. And I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't be like that level of honest with a seven or eight year old. Right. It's strange for me to see a parent be that open and honest with their child of really any age above, like, adulthood, under adulthood, you know? It's like, yeah, I feel like Sarah and Kira just have, like, a really special bond, it seems like. Yeah, just I feel like their their relationship is really special and unique in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah, I mean, I was close with my mom, but we didn't really get to get like that until I was in, like, college. (laughs) You know what I mean? I'm very close with my mother, but I wouldn't have a conversation like that with her until I was 18, 19, 20. Not that we ever had a conversation like that. No, no. (laughs) Me neither. (laughs) Our lives are very boring compared to television characters. (laughs) 
especially these television characters. And then another moment in the season where I just really loved the interaction between Sarah and Kira was where Sarah was asking Kira about donating bone marrow to Cosima. Kira, that sweet, selfless angel. <laughs> I know. She was just saving people all over the place this season. You know, I I just, I really like the way, and I mean, Mrs. S was there too, so I think it was a joint effort, the way that Sarah kind of explained the situation. It was very honest with Kira and really gave her the choice. And I think that is kind of the antithesis of what we see. I'm sorry, Delphine lovers, but what we see Delphine do with, with Kasima when she doesn't tell her about the fact that the treatment came from, from Kira's tooth is like, we see both Sarah and Mrs. S acknowledging that Kira, even though she's seven, it's her body. She should be able to make a decision about whether she wants to do this. Yes. And I like that they laid out the situation for her and reassured her that they would support whatever choice she makes, which, yeah, is is a different kind of situation. Yeah. And I really liked the way that Sarah answered Kira's question about, is she going to die? Because it, it was, a, I think, as straightforward as Sarah could manage, but it wasn't this, yes, she is, and this is why she needs your help. You know, it was just a very, yes, probably, she will die. But I didn't feel like Sarah was trying to manipulate her. Right. Ugh, Kira. <laughs> and before that, she had pulled out her tooth voluntarily to help Auntie Kasima. Hmm, what a sweet kid. She is. We have a lot of feelings about Kira, you guys. <laughs> Kira's just so great. And I just, I love, I love Skylar Wexler. I think she does a great job playing Kira. Mm-hmm. I love her exasperated sigh <laughs> to Sarah when she told Duncan to stop reading her Island of Dr. Moreau. As she throws <laughs> her head back on the couch. <laughs> it's pretty cute. But yeah, I, I, get, I don't know about you, but I really get the sense that Kira is sort of, you know, how Sarah could have been if things had gone a little smoother for Sarah. I agree. I agree. Because I think she does have a lot in common personality-wise with Sarah. Right. And I mean, we've seen that Sarah is really, really, like, fiercely loyal and protective of the people she cares about, which I think is really what we're seeing with Kira here, too, right? Especially, you know, willingly giving her teeth and bone marrow for Auntie Cosima. You know, I feel like that's something that we would see from Sarah, too, you know? Right. Yeah, because as far as we know, she had never even met Kasima at this point. Mm -hmm. But she still, I th you know, she knew Sarah cared about her. She cared about her enough to be willing to do these these painful things for her. So we've mentioned before that it seems like Kira has some abilities. Maybe is a is a good way to qualities that are maybe a little unexplained. While I still think Mrs. S is a is the most mysterious character in regards to, like, her motivations. Kira is also kind of a m very mysterious character in that there's stuff going on with her that we don't really fully... We feel like there's more explanation behind what's happening, maybe? Maybe. I I'm hesitant to say anything definitively, though, because all the things that we thought were really strange and unexplained before, they've had actual real-world explanations for them. Um, because we, we were wondering about Helena, like, does Helena have some sort of mysterious healing powers? And she still might. <laughs> it's not beyond the realm of possibility. But 
they did explain away a lot of the stuff with the mirror twin thing. Right. Which, again, is an actual thing. Like, that's, you can look it up. It's a medical thing that happens. I'm kind of curious what they're going to do about Kira if they explain anything real world reasons that because they did seem to have something be strange about about her medically when they took her to the hospital the doctors saw something on the was it an x-ray or a i think it was a sonogram sonogram. there you go they saw something there was something there and we still don't know what it was see i thought that that was that moment you're talking about was them realizing there was nothing wrong with her like they did a sonogram expect expecting a whole bunch of internal injuries and bleeding and things like that and there was nothing and they were shocked because she was a seven-year-old who just gotten hit by a car maybe that is what it was i don't know that's what i always thought it oh, was. oh okay because maybe you're i've right. seen a lot of people who were like they saw something on the thing there's some you know i've seen people even speculating that there was some sort of you know strange thing implanted inside kira which i don't think is the case but who knows I think they would have mentioned something to Sarah if that were the case. (laughs) See, I thought so, too. But I I wasn't thinking it was that. But I don't know. I don't know what I was thinking. But it it makes sense, too, that maybe they saw nothing. And the fact that they saw nothing was something of note. Yeah, that's that was my take on it. That's why they look surprised is because there was nothing wrong with her. There was no internal bleeding or anything like that. She was fine. That was always my impression. But I could be wrong. So I do feel personally like that's still kind of a mystery how she was hit by a a car and got away with just some very superficial injuries i mean things do happen where people get lucky and they in situations where they could have sustained massive injuries they didn't like the woman who parachuted and her parachute didn't open but she landed just right and didn't didn't even break anything as i recall right exactly that that stuff does happen for sure but I still feel like there's too many hints about Kira that there's something more there that they might reveal something about her. I'm not trying to say they're going to go supernatural with it or something like that, but maybe something sciencey in regards to, you know, super stem cells or something. Like that. <laughs> she got bitten by a spider. Oh wait, no, that's something else. I'm sorry. <laughs> Did you ever see Unbreakable? Maybe she's unbreakable. <laughs> Because we have the the car accident thing, and then we also have, like we mentioned, she's very, very intuitive. At times, it almost seems like she has precognition. Again, I'm like you. I'm not, like, willing to go there, but she's very, very insightful, little Miss Kira. Mm -hmm. Boy, if Kira tells you something's wrong, you better listen to her. And that's really how I feel like she functions a lot in the show. She's, She's our trust barometer, right? It's like if Kira trusts this character... They're probably okay, which we, we talked last episode about about Rachel, and we had a big section where we talked about sort of Rachel versus Helena and why the audience, it seems like we tend to trust Helena like Helena, but not really trust and like Rachel, even though they have very similar backgrounds. And I think this is maybe another reason why we don't trust Rachel as much, because Kira doesn't seem to trust Rachel very much when we see them interact at the end of the season. Exactly. The fact that... Kira seemed happy to see Helena, even though Helena's approach was super creepy. <laughs> you know. Terrifying. That terrifies me to see her face coming out of the dark darkness. How is Kira okay? I've seen it six times. Well, I, I think, let me rephrase. Even after the sixth time I saw it, like, it still kind of freaked me out. <laughs> but Kira's just kind of like, 
Oh, hey. <laughs> hey, Auntie Helena. Let's go for a walk. <laughs> Let me teach you how to hug. <laughs> but yes, the fact that, again, she like literally embraced Helena and moved away from Rachel is, for me, reason enough to be okay with my my positions on both Helena and Rachel. <laughs> it's like, no, I, I feel like those are valid decisions based on Kira's responses. Yeah, because, it, and she's the reason why I'm still sort of uncertain about Mrs. S, is that she has that moment at the beginning of season two, with that comment she makes to Sarah about Mrs. S's secrets not all being good. But she does hug her later in the season, so I'm still on the fence. It's like, what are you telling me, Kara? What are you telling me? <laughs> well, to me, I can I can rationalize away the first one just because that situation was shady and it was dangerous. Yeah. But Mrs. S didn't know. So I'm That's what I'm hoping. I'm not sure if it's one of those things where Kira's concern was that Mrs. S was trusting people who weren't trustworthy, you know? Which, of course, then Mrs. S found that out and, like, destroyed them all. <laughs> so. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoping that's the case. It's just Kira could sense that situation was going to go bad. There was something weird going mm -hmm. on. And that's what made her uneasy about Mrs. S. But that, obviously, Mrs. S didn't know what was happening. So. But because of Kira, I also am inclined to trust Cal. Because I know, you know, we mentioned he seems potentially kind of shady with the alternate identities and such, but since Kira trusts him so hard, I'm inclined to trust him as well. Yep. She doubted him. <laughs> so, wasn't that the way Cal phrases it? It's like, she doubted me twice earlier. Yes, I think that is the way he says it. So yeah, I agree. I think that is one of those things. Because we were always on the fence about Cal, but by the end of the season, I felt okay, mostly assuming that he's on on the side of our protagonists, because, you know, Kira seemed to be okay with him. Because, trust barometer. Yes. That is one of my favorite phrases now, trust barometer. <laughs> so I know some people have been kind of critical of how Cal was used in season two. They thought he ended up kind of just being like a glorified babysitter. And, I don't know, tech consultant. And I would like to see him more involved in other stuff, maybe, in season three. But at the same time, I kind of like that he's apart from it. I was going to say that, too. You know, it's like, because what I was thinking about, okay, Sarah, if you, if there is still a love triangle, though I kind of don't know that there is, between, like, Sarah, Paul, and Cal, I could see where Cal would really appeal to Sarah because he, at least as far as we know, is completely separate from all of the clone stuff. And while Paul may really care about Sarah, that's how they came to know each other was this really dubious clone experiment stuff. So I kind of like that Cal is separate from all of that stuff. Right. And that actually leads me into my next question. We see Sarah flirting with Cal. Do we think that's what Sarah looks like when she's unburdened with all this other stuff? That was super cute. You're talking about like outside of the trailer, yes. right? When they're in like the boat yard, the shipyard yes. area. Yeah, that was super cute. Because, you know, she's all smiley and they're kind of playfully flirting and it's weirdly sweet and and i think we see a different sarah than we've seen for most of the show in that scene i think she had a similar moment maybe with felix toward the beginning of the season where she was just laughing at him stepping in cow poo but yeah we've seen very few moments where sarah just isn't like caught up in some sort of drama right i mean from the very first moment of the first 
season. You know, she's on the run and in trouble. <laughs> because Sarah is a trouble magnet, which I think is also partly why the Cal and Sarah relationship kind of appeals to me. Because it yeah. seems like it's away from that, which of course could be completely wrong since Cal is stockpiling gas masks and money and false identities. <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> it's They seem to suggest that he would be somewhat involved in the future with the way that he, on his own, like, went on the web and found this contact within the clone experiment, Marion Bowles. I don't think they're going to keep him entirely on the periphery of things. But at the same time, I don't know how much I actually want him to be integrated into all of the clone drama. Right. I actually kind of like where they left it off in the second season, because he apparently was the one to give Sarah and Kira a ride back to Felix's place. But he dropped them off and he left. <laughs> you know? Right. I like that he's involved, but he's not in the middle of it. Right. And uh, yeah, the fact that he was involved in the rescue effort and everything, too. So yeah, I I'd say it would be weird if they got rid of him at this point, too. I kind of ship Sarah and Cal, though I do it tentatively. As with all things. Because it's Orphan Black <laughs> and I'm... I'm still not sure how much to be, able to be able to actually trust these people, but... Plus, that frees up Paul for your Mrs. Paul International Bad Abs shipping. This is true. This is true. This is a side benefit. I'm, I'm on to you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, right now I feel like Cal is maybe offering Sarah some... Cal and Kira and Sarah, that whole little picture of them together, maybe offers some light at the end of the tunnel, perhaps, for... Sarah getting out of this weird situation she's currently in with her life. At least I'd like to think so. Mm -hmm. It would probably be like a different kind of weird life. But <laughs> again, the fake IDs and the gas mask. I'm hung up on the gas mask, Stephanie. <laughs> so jumping back to Kira, we also got, which I know a lot of people loved, was some really great interaction between Kira and Kasima this so season. So sweet. Which... I think a lot of people had kind of been wondering what it would have been like. I think you mentioned seeing some maybe even just really brief fanfics of Kasima like teaching Sarah Kira about science or something Those like that. Those are my favorite ones, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. We have a an anti Kasima teaches Kira about science scene and it's fantastic. So cute. I can't even form words or form proper sentences because it's just it's so cute. I wasn't entirely sure how Kasima would be with children because she's, you know, of the, of our like main clones and clone club. She's the only one who hadn't demonstrated real affinity for children in, in season one. It's not like she hated Kira or something, but yeah, it's just that we never actually saw her with kids. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So I wasn't entirely sure what that would be like, but I really liked seeing that side of, of Kasima. Mm hmm. And I mean, thinking about it, she would be kind of like the great. Aunt Kazima, you know, the yeah, the sort of like fun aunt, I guess is what I'm trying to get at here. <laughs> yeah, she totally would be. She's, you know, she's kind of funky and <laughs> she's got interesting hair and clothes <laughs> and like a cool, unique profession, you know? <laughs> right. Like she'd be the cool aunt who would, like when Kira turned 18, take her out to get her first tattoo or something. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm seeing it now, you guys. Or have I read that fanfiction? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, of course, we get the 
the scene, which I have to say again explicitly, I do not think that Kira brings Kasima back from the dead. <laughs> I do not think that either. Ten. I, I want to point out that you have written in the notes, but I don't think Kira is a white lighter, which is a reference to Charmed, correct? <laughs> yes, it is. Because <laughs> the white lighter on Charmed could heal people by holding his hands over a wound and they'd glow and then the wound would be healed and the person would be fine. Ooh, like that, uh, like the character on X-Files. And now I can't think of his name. Damn it. Abraham, I want to say. He was an alien. Never mind. Go on. <laughs> But yes, I don't think Kira's an alien. I don't think Kira is, is a white lighter. I think Cosimo was just having a dream and, and Kira woke her up. But it did lead into the really cute reading Kira's story in, in bed with, with Aunt Cosima scene. The Puppy and the Explorer, the book that was written by Graham Manson's mother. So yeah, I thought we got some cute, super cute stuff between Kira and Cosima, as well as between Kira and, and Helena again. When she sees Helena at the end of the seasons, like runs up to her and says, Auntie Helena, and Helena picks her up. And I cry. <laughs> I'm so happy to see you. I'm going to eat your finger. <laughs> <laughs> but I think what I really love about Kira is even though she has these like sweet, cute moments, the character has like a lot of depth for a seven year old. You know, yes. she's not, she's not just these handful of cute moments. She's, there's a lot going on inside of Kira's head. There's more, there's actual character development with Kira, which, yeah, yeah, isn't something you necessarily get a lot of in most television kids. Yeah, she's not just there to be cute and like smile cute at the camera and, and things like that. She, I thought she actually got some interesting storylines in the second season that really fleshed her out more as a, as a character and a person. I think that's fair. Yeah, the struggle with, Sarah, especially, I think the or the struggling with the situation with Cal really more than anything. Yeah. And we got a couple of emails about Kira and Cal and a little bit about Sarah. One of them is from Aaron, and we actually got both of the emails after we recorded the episode. So we actually already answered Aaron's questions, and I hope we answered them satisfactorily, Aaron. And we got a message from Jonathan, and I'm just going to read the opening statement of Jonathan's email. I'll put the rest of it in the show notes at tatianaiseveryone.com slash 50. Jonathan says, All I have to say about the Cal, Sarah, and Kira family nexus is contained in one short sequence. It's one of my favorite scenes from season two, the reveal in episode three that Cal is Kira's father. In a sequence that lasts about 15 seconds and totals five shots, you get a complicated set of reactions and intimations about what this news means for the four people involved, Sarah, Cal, Kira, and Felix. So thanks to Aaron and Jonathan for sending those in. And we're going to be talking about Donnie and Allison next time, so if you have any thoughts that you'd like to send us to include in our episode, please do that. And we'd like to thank everybody who's left us a review on iTunes. We really appreciate those. If you're inclined to leave us a review on iTunes or Stitcher, there are links to do so at tatianaiseveryone.com slash support, where you can also find a link to our Zazzle store where we've got some, you know, neat stuff with our logo on it and just some fun, silly stuff because I'm goofy like that. We would love to hear your thoughts about Cal and Kira and a little bit about Sarah in there, too. The Good Hair Family. The Good Hair Family, as we apparently are going to call them now, you can go and 
Tell us your thoughts by leaving a comment on the show notes for this episode over at tatianaiseveryone.com slash 50. You can also send us an email to feedback at tatianaiseveryone.com or send us a voice message by clicking on the send voicemail tab on the right hand side of our website. You can follow us on Twitter at TIE podcast and we're also on Facebook. And in this episode, Cal's pollination drones were played by Tatiana Mazzani. Thanks for listening. <laughs>